And we are live, Being Community Radio. You're on with Carrie and Aurea. And today we are discussing whatever reasons we can come up with and not to do this work. We are here to tell you these are the reasons to not get into deep spiritual work. These are the reasons to not get yourself on a journey that you may not know the destination. So walking over here, we were practicing. We were practicing some of the reasons not to do this work. Uh, would you like to get us started? I don't necessarily know if it's practicing. <laughs> it's just what comes up. <laughs> yes. So. And it's a ride. It's a ride. So what's a good what, what's what's a good reason not to do this work? Well, there, there's definitely a few. Um, what comes to mind first off is. There's a piece of dancing with the unknown, and if it's if you're someone who just has to know everything and everything has to be reasonable, you know you can go a little crazy then in this work um, because there's a lot of space that is unknown, and the willingness to allow something that is beyond yourself. It needs to be there. There has to be a trust that's there in something larger um, that is seemingly incomprehensible. But when you give it time and space, it does all make sense. Then it does come in. So, so when you give it, so when you take time out of it, it does make sense. Yeah, but right? the time and space, you have to have a, a little bit of a, a like long distance vision in a way with it, with oh. not being able to see something so immediately. And we're definitely raised in a society and culture in which we have come to expect immediate gratification. So, <laughs> with that, don't get into this work if you don't have a real understanding that even though you read all the posters that uh, it's all about embracing the mystery and embracing the unknown and you got to get out of your comfort zone, Actually, the truth is you're going to go way, way, way beyond your comfort zone like, at, at rates and levels which you can't even anticipate. Mm -hmm. What are some of the physical or spiritual or emotional ramifications of <laughs> coming into this work and not knowing what you're getting into and having some, maybe having some sort of a back-end expectations, I'm going to have easier time, life's going to get better, I'm going to find my destiny, I'm going to find my purpose, I'm going to finally have a relaxed life. But the truth is, when you, when you start doing the work, when you start going on the real journey, which has no compass except your heart at best, and even that, just getting to your heart, is, uh, is heartbreaking in the beginning, right? So yeah, very much so. Yeah. Jumping in from different reasons, definitely knowing that coming into this work, that you're going to find your heart backwards, through the wrinkles, through the kinks. You are going to experience, I know I have, I know you are, uh, experiencing all kinds of different heartaches, or literally re-experiencing some of the traumas that have locked you and me on our own in the first place. And that is a very hard, real truth. That 
knowing that you're going to go through your heartbreaks. You're going to go through the some of your original traumas where you lost your innocence. And it's not it's definitely not fun. And it's not fun to think about. I know that when I got into this work, even if somebody would have told me that, even if I would have listened to this, these exact words, back in my head, I would still say, yeah, not me. I'm more prepared. Mm. Um, well, that shows, uh, right, because it is a mental construct, and it is getting prepared mentally for something. But having an actual experience of something is... It's a different set of knowledge than just in the mind. Right. It is something that's in the body. It is something that's in the heart. It is something that is beyond the body in, we'll, we'll call it spirit realm. But it is in all of those places, but it's an actual visceral experience. It's not just a story in the mind. And the mind is what gets us prepared for it, too. And then, right, we, uh, for, for my experience... I can think of something or I can imagine something and then when I have an experience it's way different than what I imagined it would be you know in, in some good ways and and some that are we'll say not as pleasant but that it's always different than what my singular mind was coming up with right yeah for me I guess the good things are usually either not as good as I thought they would be or just different mm-hmm and the bad things definitely last a lot longer than I would have anticipated. Mm. And sometimes they're not as bad either. Like it's sometimes. Know, yeah. Hopefully yeah. when you come into the if you have the right support mm-hmm. or proper support that's specifically for you, you have enough space, you have good people, partners that hold space for you, work with you. Mm-hmm. And again, but you can't anticipate it. We mm-hmm. can't uh I still experience, I get triggered in ways on a very uh, nervous level system mm-hmm. that I actually continue to make the commitment about certain things, about not reacting or not speaking, and I continuously violate them, like live in front of my own eyes. It's almost like I can't even help it. Well, and and every time you actually become more aware of the pattern, and then you can pick up on something that's actually happening in the body and then take a moment, give yourself space, give yourself time to, to be able to reset or calibrate. But the, the body intelligence is like it includes the mind too, but it's way beyond the mind. It's so vast how we can actually map something spatially. It's infinite, in fact. Like it's, it just is. We can even go out beyond our body and still be able to map something where we know these points and then we become aware of the pattern and then we and then we can do something differently but it's the awareness of it that changes it all uh, what you're saying because i'm experiencing it as well is the practice is, is in, in a way increasing the space in definitely between, in, yeah. increases the space inside because now they scientifically sh- have been showing that the mind really or what we call the conscious mind is the last thing that shows up that actually acts, what show up are indicators from the body, from the energetic system as a whole, mm-hmm. that that basically fires up the, the the energy before the mind registers to take action. Right, and then the mind is just trying to make sense of it or make a story from it. Yes. Yeah. I, I recently learned that 
We all know the, that picture of the synapses in the brain where there's electrical impulses between the synapses. Right. It looks like, um, you know, uh, pictures that uh, Hubble and things take of, of galaxies and distant universe. It's the same sort of imagery. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you approach another portal. It's all this electrical firing. Yeah. So everybody has that picture, but where where does the information come from? You know, what causes those zeros and ones, those electrical on and off to pulsate and to even command? Yeah. And what they're saying now, and they're proving now, that the actual information comes from the space between the synapses. Now, if that doesn't blow your synapses away, then <laughs> what would? I mean, again, the information, the cell synapses, our entire brain is a radar of sort. It's mm-hmm. a receiver for the information that comes from everywhere. Mm-hmm. comes from the zero-point field, quantum field, God, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it. Well, essentially, we're, we're walking antennas. Right. We are here to pick up, and, and those involved in um, different practices, um, we know, right, the, the crown chakra, it's open. It's sort of like a, a funnel of sorts, where then we are picking up information and we're able to receive it. I finally discovered the evolutionary reason for bald spots. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the, the evolutionary, the head says, listen, I need more access to what's already coming. That's why Einstein was bald. That's why most of the learned are balding, mm-hmm. any way, shape, or form. I, I look at it as a lot of heat being generated within the head. You mean that's your experience of you, of I, me? I, No, no, no. I don't know if it's an actual experience, but perhaps it's just a pattern or a reasoning. It seems to make sense to me that there's so much energy going on in there that it it gets a little hot for hair follicles. Maybe it's trying to access that that antenna sort of energy. So it's clearing the way. Or it's already accessing it. (laughs) Either way, you're balding. You got, you know, just know that it's part of your evolution. You're a highly active person. It's okay. And uh, yes, and if you have a full head of hair and you're still in your 70s, maybe you should pick up a book. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, just joking. Maybe in 10 years they'll tell me that I'm not. Mm-hmm. So increasing the space. Increasing the space so we're not acting on the initial um, stored energy, like the stored memory. Mm-hmm. So you said something to me the, today that I would have made, and I did make that promise a billion times to myself, to actually not have a reaction, knowing that I'm actually trying to ultimately make the situation better but I just sympathetically my nervous system you know couldn't couldn't just couldn't resist at first your reaction caused a reaction in me however that was really from the stored memory point of view Mm -hmm. that was not the place where my synapses didn't pick up the information that came from the collective field in which I know I'm safe I know that your charge or anger really doesn't make me any less safe. As a matter of fact, from the bigger picture point of view, it would be more evolved as a human being to actually give you the space to dissipate the energy right. instead and of slapping it back at you. No, and, and it, but it just also shows that right when you're in a protected space, the energy does go up into the mind, and then it's the mind creating the story, and then it's the mind with the reactivity. So that's true. So I had hair on my bald spot today. It was protected <laughs> because the truth is, when I was telling you whatever truth I was telling you, mm-hmm. 
I was definitely protecting myself already. Yeah, I, you were protecting your heart. Right. I was protecting so, something. So, and the mind is a place from previous traumas or whatever that we've experienced. The mind is the place that does protect from us feeling that pain again so or either, having that experience. So, either way, I came in with some sort of an expectation and I did not truly allow for the mystery. Which brings us back to point number one. <laughs> if you truly cannot be open to the vastness of your own universe and the infinite possibilities that comes along with it, don't do this work. Chances are we're going to listen to this music until Sky Dyer gets so big that her people come to us and say, <laughs> please remove it. <laughs> uh, so we're going to milk it as much as we can. Speaking of space, so reasons not to get into spiritual work, reasons why not to get on the journey where the destination is you waking up and you don't really know because in some ways we have been emotionally sleeping for some time just protecting ourselves mm -hmm. from the oncoming or the possible onslaught of lack of safety, ridicule, shame, abandonment, you know. And I'm re I feel really strong about that because <laughs> from experience now, knowing that even whatever issues or heartbreaks or challenges you think you come from and you're here to heal, the idea that you're just going to fix it or heal it and somehow you won't have to actually go through and release release the pain, see what it had to teach you in the, in the first place anyway, then don't get into it because it does, you do go, you do work backwards and we are talking about increasing you know, so much of this work is the ability to increase the space in between. So your miracle of a body that's picking up the signals from life's intelligence, you actually get accurate single signals that are more true to what's possible for you today. For example, this is the safest it's ever been for human being to live. We have increased our life expectancy in 200 years. I mean, double in the past 200 years. We have come up with ways to travel. We're all connected on the Internet. We can actually see that we're all suffering from the same things. And yet, on a nervous level, most of us wake up with the same sort of dread and feeling that maybe we woke up hundreds and hundreds of years ago just knowing that it's not safe outside the village or it's maybe not safe inside the village. And we only lived for 30 or 40 years. So increasing that space, becoming more of a, I was going to say pure, but a lot more open channel to the information that exists now. The life is pulsating in a very specific and updated energy that is saying we are safer, we are more connected, we are becoming a lot more aware of the information and the intelligence that's flowing through us. And it is work though. It is work. It's going through some of the some of those pains. And is there some sort of? I mean, I didn't anticipate 
even if I mentally I did, going through the heartbreak of abandonment, going through the heartbreak of just continuously feeling not good enough. We were talking about uh, how we usually know before we come into a transformational event, our body, our spirit knows what we are about to work on. So many times it will trigger it early on. Like when uh, you and I, Carrie, we used to go to transformational events. We used to have the worst fights just wa- you know, driving to the event. Mm-hmm. Uh, we st- just started doing the, the podcast. This is our second or third one. And we're kind of laughing how just walking in, walking to the show, we talked about our top five worst. We didn't just talk about it. We experienced that walking in here. Uh, but basically all of our, so much of our main heartbreaks. So, you know, for me, just, you know, the fear of abandonment, not being understood for you, whatever it may be. I don't want to share for other people. So if you did get into this work, and now you are experiencing it, what can we tell people? So you you are experiencing the re-traumatization, the heartache, your the inability for your partner to give you the space that you actually need. What happens next <coughs> for you? Well, maybe I'll go back a little bit. Um, for me, then, this work, um, which is, we want to say, conscious awareness, like evolutionary speak evolutionarily speaking it is about feeling Mm. it is about actually embodiment and feeling what kind of sensory creatures we are we've been in our mind for so long and so much that we think that that's the only experience but we've been in there from a place of protection because we are so sensitive because we actually do feel and pick up so much stuff and it hasn't necessarily been safe We are arriving at the space of it being safer just by acknowledging that we do actually feel and it is way beyond our mind, like the potential for that. And part of the enlightenment process is shedding light on those dark places, that numbness where we have, like, it's not not even acknowledged, where we have denied that we feel that that's what we are as sensory creatures, that we do feel each other. Not just me feeling what I feel, but that I can feel you, too. And that that's what we actually do. That's what we actually pick up on. Way beyond, like, like when you feel someone, you don't even have to have words to create or communicate something to even acknowledge the feeling, because you just feel it and you know it. It's, it's, it's way more advanced than actual word and language communication. Right now we're still in the space where we're using that language to like acknowledge with each other, oh, that's what you feel too? That's my experience as well. And, and then we share in that joy of actually meeting each other there in that space. So what this work then does is just all getting to that space where we actually acknowledge that we feel each other and then we can change the world. Once we do that, we don't want anyone to feel bad because then we feel it too. And we just want other people to feel good as well. And it will ripple out once we're just in that space of acknowledgement. And that, for me, that is enlightenment. Now, the process to it, right, is not always so pretty or so pleasant because there are all these great feelings. And yet at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't feel good. 
right? And we don't necessarily have to re-traumatize the trauma. But sometimes we just have to acknowledge that we did actually feel something. And by having support, and not just one person (laughs) to support you in all of this process, but having real community of support or multiple people, um, it changes, it shifts. Just the awareness, the acknowledgement of something, of knowing that you're not alone. Really knowing that, that you're not alone, and then poof, you're not stuck anymore. There can become other places to not stay in that feeling. And that's the trauma. That's what the body holds. It just needs the acknowledgement that that actually happened or existed. And then given the care and the support, we know the steps to move out of it to get to that space of feeling better. We can always, and that's where the mind comes into play, we can always get to a different space. We can always create a story to make something that tastes better, that is more appealing. Because as creatures who do feel, and we know the difference between feeling good and feeling bad, we are all naturally inclined, like energetically, it's more efficient to go to the place that feels good. That's just what we want to do. We don't even have to think about it. Like is it because of you know energy rises up? I'm not. You you went to well, school for uh, yeah, weather well, right, and you that, know all that. That is just then what creates the energetic flow, and and it becomes something then where then it feeds itself. It doesn't take something away. You know, it doesn't come into this black hole of nothingness that is immovable. Instead, it feeds and it still creates, and then you can keep going. It generates and creates something that is sustainable something without movement is dead so if you can so if don't do this work if you like to be alone is what you're saying you can still have your space i mean if you, if you think if you just nice. if yeah. you can't connect with other people yeah, you're well, not willing to make the effort yeah you have to make the effort it's also like intrinsically part of human nature to belong like we see that with our son. And, and that also gives us the compassion for whatever experience that we had as children. No matter what happened, anything was just because of that intrinsic nature to belong. We are social creatures. We just want to be part of it. And that's just naturally what we do. And yet we grew up in an, in an, in an environment that didn't remember literally on the energetic level that this is a safe container so we've done as human beings we've done whatever we had to do to protect ourselves and a lot of times we would fake like a disconnection from our kids like our parents and our teachers and organizations that didn't give us the love and support and didn't let us feel like we belong ultimately did it from a very twisted way of protecting us or protecting themselves Well, right, and that's also sort of a learned pattern because then when someone else is not feeling something and they have been disconnected from feeling something and in a place of protection that the mind has created out of preservation to preserve life itself and to keep on going, um, then that's also something that's learned. Children then also learn how to... It's it's just what happens, too, when, when it is a nervous system overload. Right. And something is beyond feeling like what happens with trauma is that we actually, especially as children and adults will experience different things, too, based on different trauma. 
you actually don't stay in the body. Like our spirit, our essence of who we are will actually leave the body to not experience. And, you know, there's, there's also this, this type of conscious work and a lot of people that are doing it, they have a phrase that also is termed as soul retrieval. It's like these pieces get blown out. And then we go back and we get those pieces and then we are made whole again. Hmm. It's kind of funny. So what I'm hearing you say, and I connect to it physically, is the connection happens in the body. Even though so many of us, a lot of times coming into this kind of work, we they, they think we, we want to come out. We want to leave our body and experience spirit, mm-hmm. thinking that that's when we connect. Mm-hmm. Where the truth is, in order to gain life's intelligence at the fullest, mm-hmm. it's in the body. Well, there's an integration. There's an integration piece. It's about the flow that's there. But what this experience is, is in the body. (laughs) That's actually, we are human beings walking around in this body and flesh. We know that we are also beyond this body. There is more to us than this form. We also know that. And that's where then the reconnection comes or where those pieces that we feel are missing or that aren't there with us, we go back and we go get them. And then we can come back into the body and then the experience can be more complete and more in alignment. And the energy flow is there and we're not depleted. We're not exhausted. We're not drained, but we're actually able to keep it going. It sounds so complicated. I don't even want to do this work anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe when we get back, we'll uh, discuss... The uh, simple terms? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, how I try to bend and break these rules of mine. Almost giving up because I never saw an end in Been waiting for a chance to break free. Why not this work? Reasons why not to do it. Which will remind you why you are doing it. We're talking about lack of, you know, knowing, coming into it. You, you better embrace the unknown in a way that's beyond your capacity, beyond your current mental understanding. That this is really a journey that has no destination except your own awareness of yourself, your own genuine connection with life. That you realize that you're not alone. That not only you're not alone, you're part of a larger collective intelligence that is literally behaving through you. And while we have some freedom of choice and uh, ability to think, at least, that we know what we want to go for, uh, essentially life has a really smart autocorrect feature. It really does. Guidance is pretty easy when we are connected to our feelings. Pretty easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still have like decisions that I have to make daily that I still, that after all this work and all my knowing mm-hmm. and all my blah, blah, Sometimes I really still don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, when you can feel into something and you know what it feels like from the the place of what it is that you do want, um, it does take the debate out of it. Now, then the complexity arises when you think about what you want immediately or what you want 12 steps out or something in the future because 
there will be different steps to take for it, and it may not be something that you immediately want. But an- another way to say it, what you're saying is, because there, I check into my body, and many things, well, not that many, but a bunch of things continue to say no. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't want to do it. And then I have the wisdom or and experience to know that so much of my gifts come behind decisions, places, people, experiences that I've genuinely resisted. So then becomes this game or play where I feel like I don't really know is my gift behind this resistance or is my body just telling me that even this you know, idea that my gift is behind this resistance is spiritual blackmail and a sense of fear. Like, mm-hmm. what if I am wrong? Because certain things just seem to have a perceived value. Mm-hmm. Like, I have many, I, had, I have at least a handful of things that, that mm-hmm. you know of in my life right now that I just don't want to do. I don't, there's people I don't want to work with. And yet, Everything in our life is community and working out differences mm-hmm. and doing things together. So many times I will still push myself through doing it. Mm-hmm. So, and what you're saying that what you're calling it is long-term benefits. Yeah, well, there, there becomes a, a discernment that comes into play with the ability to shift the focus on okay. something. Right. And, you know, the, the place of what if I'm wrong, that's definitely a, a, a place of a, a mental mentality right the being wrong is it feels like it's up in the head um the the place in the body that you know there is that place there can be that place of resistance that comes up and yet at the same time when you play with it and you gain different experience in a way then it becomes a more accurate awareness of what it is that you really do want because at first the natural pattern is to be in the place of protection right. when you've been hurt and only after different experiences, but you have to be willing to let go and trust to have those different experiences to not keep repeating the same pattern. Right. You make those enough and then that becomes the new pattern and you actually gain the knowledge and the awareness. Yeah, then that's a good point. Of what it is that you really do want from a deeper level. It's not so surface. So... What you're saying is it's true that even though some of those challenges and questions and to do and not to do come up, if we, when I make the decisions from an open space to not just be right or wrong, but just to really learn from the experiences and mm-hmm. see some patterns, mm-hmm. and which brings me to the next reason why not to do this work, I, I find that a lot of my issues stem not from dealing with the right people or the wrong people. It's by my in my lack of willingness or my inability to tell these people the truth. So, you know, definitely don't do this work unless you <laughs> unless you are ready to tell the truth. Yeah. A lot more than you are right now. Becoming more authentic and and in that space by being able to speak that it may not necessarily be something that is easy for another individual to hear. And then in that you might be faced with different experiences right. than that with someone else's reactivity or anger and sometimes someone else's compassion as well by really like being in that authentic space and saying something you might be very surprised then 
at the way someone else is able to receive that information and what they do with it and what it means for them to know the real heartfelt place where you are can completely like shift someone to know when something has meaning for you and that it's actually not about them. That's true. That's a, that's huge. And from my experience, because to our first point where the healing does happen a lot going through the trauma, not re-traumatizing it, just mm-hmm. going, like becoming aware of the feelings that originally numbed us and we have avoided, and mm-hmm. now we can actually feel it through, recognizing that we're safe now, we were probably safe back then, but we didn't even know about it. A lot of times where I'm experiencing, I have, I have equal amounts of truth-telling where the person goes, oh, thank you for sharing. I don't know, like, and they just become. So we have such a better relationship. Yeah, yeah. To also having experiences where people do go through their trauma, whatever that is, and retaliate, and it could take a second, mm-hmm. or sometimes it can take weeks. My ability to to trust and hold a bigger container momentarily mm-hmm. does make all the difference. Mm-hmm. So not only you have to be willing to tell the truth. You also have to not uh, expect people to react well to your truth. Well, you have to be able to hold it. Right. Right. You have to be able to hold it and contain it and keep that safe place. Within yourself. Within yourself. And then someone can have their their feelings with it, their reaction with it. But if that space is still maintained, they then can come to that space they will arrive at that space as well. And if they don't, which I have some experience, just a handful so mm-hmm. far, and I'm, and I'm okay with saying that maybe short-term, I'm not able to hold such bigger vision for these people because I have a handful of people that, regardless of how many times I feel like I'm waiting for them to show up at the space, it's just not fun because there is constant retaliation. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to be really okay in my life it sounds very simple because people do it all the time is to really disconnect myself and not have relationships with people who ultimately I don't have a big enough space to experience their inefficient energy exchange with me Mm -hmm. and just go on and focus on relationships and exchanges that ultimately fuel fuel the systems back Mm -hmm. So the willingness to also lose and sever relationships and and attachments and ties to people. Well, when you know your boundaries and and they can be stated in a compassionate way that is not afflicting for the other person and that it's not about them, and you can state that, then it does become a choice about where you want to meet. And if you are continually you know, making effort with someone and they're just not able to meet you or they don't want to meet you, right? It's a question of being able to or wanting to. If someone's not able to, then sometimes it's worth it to, like, stick in there. If someone just doesn't want to, then, yes, sometimes we it it is better to not put the energy into that and and to direct the energy elsewhere because ultimately we want to be met and it's not... We don't have to compromise something, but it is bridge-building, and it doesn't mean that you always have to go over to one person's side or that you're always going to meet in the middle. But sometimes it's just about the effort to meet. And, and you need to be able to see that in this other person, that they actually are making the effort and that they want to. 
right? And then, and then it, I won't say it's easy to keep putting the energy there, but it doesn't make it so difficult, you know? If someone's just not willing to meet and they're, like, holding firm to their boundary, then sometimes it's, the separation is there, and that's completely okay. It's completely okay. So if you're not willing to set up boundaries, don't do this work. <laughs> I think everybody's willing to set up boundaries. Really? I think that's what everybody wants. I, 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 that's what we I actually didn't. want, and we don't know. We just don't know that they even exist or that it's possible. Boundaries wasn't even a word yeah, exactly. in, <laughs> when, in, in my life when I came into this work. Mm-hmm. I really thought I would just know, and I trust myself, and I trust the people around me to be mature, and I don't have to state certain things. Mm. Uh, it would just that we just know how, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, we would we do know how the other feel. Why do we have to really guess and 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 uh, state it? However, doing this work and spending a lot more time with people, I've come to realize again and again and again that actually we are we can be so numb that we don't know how the other person feels. Yeah. We actually are. Yeah. We do act selfishly because we just don't feel the other person. We're more concerned about our peace or our point of view mm-hmm. so the work really does become about creating the space again mm-hmm. and then setting up boundaries it sounds weird to say it does become for the people who are numb because that's how i feel even home. people for who are well, not numb well boundaries are still important then you have to have a distinction between like knowing myself what i know about me what i feel about me and being able to feel someone else. It can get very confusing if there are no boundaries. Okay, then we so take on be, something that so is it's not beyond, our own. So it's beyond numb. So there is not mm-hmm. numb and then there is self-awareness. And mm-hmm. self-reliance energetically. Like mm-hmm. knowing who you are. Knowing your energy field to the point where you are, you are you're omitting your energy, your frequency. And you don't get swayed or you don't... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... We're talking. At least I have an inside picture of what that feels like or what that can feel like. Mm-hmm. But it does. It does start with teaching, just like we have to teach Hanu some boundaries. I mean, it's it's so difficult for me to like literally see him. My our son. We have a four year old. To see him just literally begging me for something, and I'm like, well, I could just give it to him now. I mean, for the, the screen for ten minutes. That's mm-hmm. all he really wants it for. But it's not true, mm-hmm. because I'm, I have to teach him boundaries, so he just gets the connection that certain things are no, because he just doesn't have the emotional and, or mental intelligence to make it up on his own. Mm-hmm. It's funny that we have to do the same thing in our adult life. Mm-hmm. When people used to tell me, hey, let me know what your boundaries are, I used to say, I don't want to let you know, I'd like maturity to be the boundary, I'd like you to be able to feel me. But that seems to be a futuristic goal, and that's obvious, because whatever I project on other people, do I want them to have, in many ways, I'm sure, that's where I need to mm-hmm. develop and grow. Yeah. Mm. Which brings me to this point of, if you're now willing to become the people that you have been consistently judging, in some way, shape, or form, to, com- to identify with them, to be compassionate... That's uh, the key there. I'm going to say having some patience and having compassion. And then in some backwards way, I am bec- I, mean, I am finding myself becoming the people I have mocked in my life. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't so. have to be every. You know, that doesn't have to be the experience, though. You know, that can, it, but it's, that it, can it's, be it's, it's more of a metaphor. It's more <laughs> of a metaphor. Not everyone mocks everyone. That's, That's true. okay, you know, yeah. but it is about having the patience and, and the compassion, and that really shifts a lot. Well, I'm going to practice it right now. <laughs> So don't do this work if you're not willing to tell the truth. And that really begins with more than you're doing right now. Because you try to tell the absolute truth. And from my experience, I guarantee you that doesn't work. And I'll, I'll put a little description on there about telling your truth. Right. Well, you know, like the truth is like, I don't know, it feels like grasping at the air. That's true. Because everyone has different perspectives and and we can come into a different place where we can sense or feel someone else's perspective um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it is our experience so we each have our own personal truth and then it's like together we make the truth true <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't get into this work if you then at least conceptualize or prepare yourself for the fact that healing the heartbreak and healing the trauma and restoring innocence, restoring faith in your life, at some point, it doesn't have to be for long, it's literally the energy being released, revisited and released so it can be embraced, you will experience some of the original uh, pain or energetic movement and it can be experienced different ways some people love the release and they keep going for it which is another problem um, of what caused your faith to disappear in the first place so what caused your innocence to go away the, the journey that you went on within yourself like uh, our previous guest here talked about a protective posture he says all diseases in his mm-hmm. eye are all protective postures in the body mm-hmm. So, unless you want to actually look at your own self and look in the mirror, metaphorically, physically, spiritually, and actually see your own protective posture and mm-hmm. not imagine that you are, you know, most people see themselves as much better looking or healthier than they actually are. At least, that's just my truth. No, Some people are the exact opposite. Maybe women, it's different. Well, I'm glad <laughs> we we're part of We an image of something, <laughs> for sure. And men, too. Men, too. You will, <laughs> I wrote the, some notes, I said you will experience, at least that was for true for me, what you mock, judge, and are afraid of reputation-wise. I definitely found myself experiencing the uh, whatever reputation I was afraid of having or getting, I managed to experience it so full that I realized that I was depending on approval, I was depending on others' validation in a blinding sort of way Mm. in a way that didn't allow me to actually serve them because the truth that I have to offer many times the truth that I reflect many times is is raw it's real and it does cause 
many times I found a strong kickback or uh, what I call a retaliation, at least energetically, Mm -hmm. from the people who I am serving. So if I'm continuously, and I have for a long time, looking for validation or approval, I'm not doing my job, literally. So when I'm not doing my job, life is not able to do its job and support me, and there we get into this vicious cycle of a continuous autocorrect, Mm. which at the extreme level is experienced like Mm self-sabotage. I mean, people do, we're afraid of it, we talk about self-sabotage, and I find that, and again, in the extreme level, it is nothing but life's autocorrect saying, hey, this is not where you want to be, this is not what you want to do. So one of the reasons not to do your work is because it is very painful. It gets to be painful to be aware of these patterns, the self-destructive patterns, the places in us that we just keep doing because we're not being our true, authentic self. Mm -hmm. We're still faking it. We're trying to be someone. We're trying to be the better version of usually our parents. Usually our parents, unless they're conscious and they know that their responsibility is to actually be themselves fully and to show that that is safe on its own. Mm-hmm. A lot of times what we do is we project on into our kids the better version we wish we would be. And that just causes the, 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 the pain, suffering, and chaos that exists right now in the world. You have no idea. I literally look at my watch a lot when I do private sessions with people. And I'm thinking sometimes, and I wish I didn't, like, are we going to talk about your parents 60% of the time, 80% of the time? How long is that going to be? And I do it a lot. So it's a, it's an easy way to look back and realize that we really don't have parents. Life is our parents. Everybody else is put here in a place to mirror essentially what we need to work on what life is here to evolve through our own expression and it does come back to an individual and collective journey of self-reliance that yes yes and and we may not have had perfect parents because there is a role as a parent uh, with us acknowledging and becoming aware of how sensitive and malleable we are like conscious wise and that the role of a parent is more of a guide to protect and allow for the emergence of one's true nature for to create that sense of safety and that sense of trust and that sense of love for oneself and for other um, the inside and the outside that is the role of a parent there is a role there and, and to have that foundation and that establishment. And then, right, the rest of the life is just navigating. So what happens when you know you didn't have it? Well, you experience the feelings with it. You experience, experience the hurt, the anger. You get support with it so that it doesn't stay trapped in the body and create dis-ease, right? And then you move to a place of compassion. Hopefully. Not hopefully, you just do. Otherwise, you're still going to keep that stuff there, and it doesn't. It's never freed from your being. Um, the compassionate piece is that comes in and seeing like, goodness, what was their experience like? They were doing the best that they could with the imprints and the impressions that were on them. They had a more restricted sense 
of being, of what was right and was wrong. You know, we did come from the space of we are coming out of survival mode and into being able to thrive. It's not true for everyone right now. Some people, their life is still threatened, like every single day. They have bombs dropping on them. They have people that are coming to take them and get them and do something against their will. Their will. And we know that those of us who are in this place of privilege, that have had this space to not worry about just surviving and to be able to create and generate a different space of being and love and compassion, it's now for us to go and like share this, to yes. know that this is a possibility and we can all be here together. It's not exclusive. This is an experience for everyone and this is what life can be. You said the, the space of privilege. Yeah. And uh, I immediately felt the privilege of space. Yeah. Because that's the privilege It for is. us to have the space and that's where the responsibility comes in. Yeah, and the creativity can flow. We can create and generate from a different place that's not of that contracted space of fear. Like, there's still good things that can come from that contracted space. It can still be a good impetus and movement to really go out and make a change, right? And at the same time, it doesn't have to come from that place either. But it's what we need to do now. It's, so it's it, what it, we've had to do. If you do have the privilege of space, mm -hmm. it is... the responsibility to become uh, to be more intelligent to, to that space to become yeah. more aware of what life is continuously transmitting to us through that space mm -hmm. and it's that's to why be able to recreate the definition of what life is and the more space we have and if we don't use it responsibly That becomes the places of self-sabotage. That's why mm -hmm. they hire the angels, they hire the devils. That's why when people do grow up with more potential and more possibility and they don't, and they don't do the same work that we all have to do, which is practice another place of self-reliance that's beyond the current space that's been given to you. We literally go out there and create more structure and more safety and more opportunities for others to have that space. Yes. So if you have the space, you better be working to create, support, empower space for other people. Period. Because... That's a, that's a good possibility, yes. It, <laughs> it doesn't mean that you have to, but it means that what can we do? What do we want to do? So I'm scoping from that, that individual perspective versus like a, another perspective of all of us being here together, a more connected perspective. Well, I'm definitely going to have to give myself some space around the fact that you're so good at this uh, <laughs> podcasting thing. <laughs> I definitely had a moment that I was like, holy crap, this is like a third uh, hour on here and uh, I'm still working to be so coherent as you. So it's really good and sweet. I'm very glad that we're giving each other space <laughs> <laughs> to grow and evolve because I am finding that more and more and more that oh, the that, that depression the self-sabotage the places of just you know those fear places in some way they are life's way of reminding us right now at least those of us with the privilege of space or mm -hmm. the space of privilege to in some ways just take a couple of hours a day Put our insecurities and fear, mm -hmm. not aside, but just in perspective as the teacher, 
get over ourselves just for a couple of hours mm -hmm. and serve. Yeah. And so I appreciate can our change the world. partnership mm -hmm. to be here. And we'll, we'll be here next week to remind you of your privilege of space. Mm-hmm.